0: This is the First Christian Church of Lubbock podcast, where we exist to share the gospel and edify the church through Bible-based teachings and content. I am your host, Scott Hall. On this episode, Pastor Paul Carpenter will speak over the topic of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This excerpt was taken from our Sunday morning worship hosted on January 10th, 2021. This is from Acts chapter 19. May God add his blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of his word. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they said. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They were about twelve men in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to... Uh, fill our hearts and fill the space and to bless our friends and members who are at home today may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight O god our rock and our redeemer amen when you read something like this it should pose the question have i received the baptism of the holy spirit Paul the Apostle was going around meeting people who had repented. They knew they were sinners. They knew they needed a Savior. They'd heard of Jesus. You could say Paul's walking around through the authority of the Scriptures today in the modern church At people who know they're a sinner, they know they need Jesus and they call out to Jesus as Lord and Savior. They know by that that they are saved. If you confess with your mouth that He is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, God will save you. Romans chapter 10, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's pure faith, even when you don't feel good, even when you don't know much, to know Jesus and to simply confess him as Lord. It's as if today's scripture is walking around the modern church causing us to ask the question, I know you believe in Jesus, but have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now what we have here is the baptism of John versus the baptism that Christ alone can give. You have Apollos who's been teaching a little off and has been corrected and now you have some disciples who believe in the first baptism but haven't even heard of the second. So what is the baptism of John? John the Baptist who preached all the way up until Jesus Christ arrived. Jesus was baptized by John. On that day, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus Christ. John was saying of Jesus, the guy that's coming after me is, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. The baptism of John is the baptism of being aware of comparing your life to all the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, the Old Testament, and realizing how far you fall short of that standard. Repent. The baptism of John is for every person to hear up front, you're not a good person. You're not an A student. You're not a success story. The baptism of John is to say, not only have you not followed these commandments, do you see that your nature doesn't want to? And the difference between us and Jesus, well, there's many differences. But one of them, for instance, is that he never coveted. You ever want something that God didn't give you? Jesus never coveted, but even f- further, he never wanted to. In the rare times that I don't sin, that I fight against it, and I live according, best I can according to the law of God, there's still part of me that still wants to sin. The baptism that John gives is a baptism that shows you you're a sinner, that you need a Savior, that you need Jesus. It's an important step. In fact, it's hard to preach the gospel in a country and in a world that thinks they don't need Jesus. And the only Jesus they'll accept is the one who comes into their life, tells them how amazing they are, and here's how he's going to improve where they already started. The baptism of John is necessary, it's a necessary step, but it's not where we end. And so what you have is the opening act, uh, the punchline to the joke. It's the build-up, but Jesus is the main act. And these people have believed in the build-up, the build-up, the build-up, but have yet to receive what Jesus can give, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look a little earlier in Acts chapter 18, there's a Mentioned in verse 24, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor. And he taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. So here you have Apollos, who's a very uh, talented orator, Speaker, pastor, if you will. He knows about John, John's baptism, that you're not a good person, and that we need Jesus, and that God has given us Jesus. And he preached that part of the gospel, but he failed to include the baptism of the Holy Spirit, though he knew only the baptism of John. Verse 26 He began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him these are elders of the church, they invited John, uh, invited Apollos to their home and they explained to Apollos, this young pastor, the way of God more accurately. What we see here is that to believe in the need for Christ, that you're a sinner, and that God has provided a great savior isn't wrong. That's, That's correct. It's just incomplete. The preaching of the gospel includes the work of the Holy Spirit. And here you have a man, Apollos, very talented and doing great work that was preaching an incomplete gospel. He excluded the preaching of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then in the next chapter that we read today, Paul's going around, checking in on people. He comes across some disciples, disciples who believed in Jesus Disciples who believed they were sinners, but when he came to them, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they said. I went to VBS, I went to Sunday school, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, His name's Jesus, that's what I believe. And Paul said, that's good. But John's baptism was just for repentance, I've come here that you would be baptized into Jesus, that you would be baptized by his spirit. So to go back to my first question, as I studied this this week, it makes us all, should cause us all to ask, have I been baptized by the Holy Spirit? And what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, there's two main things that we see That happens in the baptism of the Holy Spirit all through the book of Acts. The first is God takes somebody who's been included and then uses them by the power of the Holy Spirit to contribute. First, a person's included by faith in Jesus, they're saved by grace, they're a sinner saved by a great Savior. But God is not content with just including you. God wants you to contribute. And we see in the Great Commission that Jesus says, and you shall be my witnesses in this place and the next town over until you get to the edge of the earth and then keep going. And without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we will be included in grace, but we will be unengaged in the mission of the gospel to save others. Similarly, you see Jesus tell the apostles, the Holy Spirit will come to you. I've heard another preacher say that when Jesus was about to ascend, Peter says, let's go preach. And Jesus says, no, 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 you've already made a big mess of things. You're Peter. Chill out. You need to sit still for a minute, but in about a few days, the Holy Ghost will come and fill you with all power, and then you'll have the ability to accurately go And contribute to the mission. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, number one, is that Jesus Christ has come to have his people that he saved become key contributors to the mission. That you could be part of the great work of the saints. These great heroes we speak of of generations past, from Billy Graham to Mother Teresa to Dietrich Bonhoeffer to Martin Luther to John Calvin to Charles Wesley and John Wesley. That you, your name, And the Holy Spirit is just as viable a candidate to contribute to the work of Christ. Male, female, black, white, all in Christ we can contribute. Secondly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that the church would do the work of God by the power of God. Too often, we try to do the work of God through secular means. We don't need the Holy Spirit because we figured out how to do marketing. We don't need prayer because we are better at problem solving. There is no way to actually do the work of God apart from the power of God. From the power of God that convicts hearts, that creates a multiplying effect 30, 60, 100 fold of every good deed you would do in Christ, only God's power can do that correctly. Have you been baptized? Have I been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Are you that person? Have you progressed? There's a process, you see, where Christ comes to lowly sinners, enemies of God. By the Holy Spirit, he comes and he strikes their hearts. He causes them to repent, like Saint Paul on the road to Damascus, to see that they were once against Christ, and Christ loves them anyways, and there's nothing they can do about it. And he says, you're mine. And he puts faith within you, and you turn, and you willingly come to the Lord, and you start to take baby steps. I I joke, you got baby horse legs that can barely walk. you know, And you're starting to take these steps forward. And in addition to being including, the next step is that God begins to invest in you. He starts to put people around you that love you unconditionally. They're going to teach you the word. They're going to pray for you. And they're going to show you that you too can pray, that you too can be built up in Christ. The investment grows and grows and grows. But that's not all. The process ultimately is being driven that each of us would be commissioned ourselves to go out either in our community or to leave where we are and go in the mission field and make an impact for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the whole thing. You go from being an enemy of God to a bench warmer on the team of God To Tom Brady, Mahomes. That's the way this is working. The gospel's not done with our inclusion, it's supposed to include our investment and our commission. Have I been baptized by the Holy Spirit? Have I been invested in? These are questions you've got to ask yourselves. Have God, has God invested in me? Has God used me? Has God multiplied through me? Have I been baptized? Now, as we look at this question, I want to pose a few things to look at to help you answer that question. And again, I think the whole point of Acts 19, the whole point of this sermon, is that each of us has the courage to ask that question and then to seek an answer to it. And the first thing we need to see is that the disciples that believed in Jesus and they believed they needed Jesus had never even heard of the Holy Spirit. They answered verse 2, "No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." I guess they didn't know about the Trinity. You got the Father, the Son, I guess that's it. So often I meet people that have a lot of questions about the Bible, but many of the questions revolve around that big abyss of lack of information, who and what is the Holy Spirit? You know, in a church like ours, we we don't tend to run off the rails on the charismatic side, but we do tend to go on the frozen chosen side. And it's easy for us to build a religion and experience that has very little to do with acknowledging the Holy Spirit, practicing being convicted by the Holy Spirit. We'll leave that to the Pentecostals. We'll be good mainliners. Well, The book of Acts is the favorite, favorite book of the Church of Christ. I believe the Baptists love it too. All of us need to hear from Paul that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something for just special people It's designed to fall on all Christians. So we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is half the time. We'll meet people that just don't know. And the good news is the ability you have to hear the gospel, to know you're a sinner, to accept Jesus, all of that is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the Holy Ghost that gave you faith. It's the Holy Spirit that is allowing us all to be here today to even hear these words of Scripture. It's the Holy Spirit that Jesus preached to his apostles that would come after Jesus had ascended, and they were excited to receive this comforter, thinking, I sure wish Jesus was still with us in the flesh, but he just told us it's better if he goes and we receive the Holy Ghost. These apostles who knew a promise to come that they would be filled with the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus Christ, the same spirit that can think Christ's thoughts in us. What is the Holy Spirit? He's the main player right now in this season of grace. 2,000 years so far, the Holy Spirit is the one who's done all the true labor, deserves all the glory and credit for everything that's happened that's good. Because his job, is to take what Jesus did and perfectly apply it to real people in real time like us do you believe first thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit do you believe in the Holy Spirit I know you believe in Jesus and I know you believe in the Father but do you believe in the Holy Spirit that he's alive he's active he's not an it He's a person with a personality that he is infallibly working in your life right now with the same care, sovereignty, and concern as Jesus Christ. To welcome the Holy Spirit is to welcome Jesus. That's the first question. Do I believe in the Holy Spirit? And the second question is, Have I received the baptism? Meaning, have I received by Christ's grace alone something I can't take, but something He's willing to give to all who ask? You know, you can go to classes at church and then be baptized in water by a preacher, which is good. But to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something you can make Jesus do. It's not something you can earn, and it's not something you can perform. It's only what you can receive. The way the Holy Spirit baptism works is that when a person is saved by grace and realizes that that's not it, that's not done, that's just the beginning, there's a growing desire that builds when they hear this truth that they begin to seek and knock and ask. That we go and ask for something that we don't deserve. Something that we begin to want more and more than when we first started. And something we're willing to wait for. Between the moment a person is saved and a moment a person is activated and invested in in the power of the Holy Ghost, there is a situation building. A true proof that that person is giving up on the world to fix their problems. That they're turning away from themselves. That true repentance is happening. Matthew chapter 10 puts it this way. Jesus says, anyone who loves his life, his family, his mother, father more than me is unworthy of me. And anyone who does not receive a cross and follow me is not worthy of me. But whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake Shall find it. Have I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is connected to Has the world lost its grip on me? Have I gone through the process of completely finding a bankrupt world and turning to Jesus, saying, I believe you as my Savior. I now want you to be my Lord. To seek and knock and ask. The process of asking and waiting changes us so that by the time God invests in us, we aren't wishy-washy. We're not looking over our shoulders, and we're not daring at all to walk away from him, but we're tugging on the robes of his mercy saying, I want what I used to not care about, and that is to be baptized fully in your union, in your grace. Have I been baptized by the Holy Spirit? The last thing I'd like to say is when we are, when we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. The first is that we no longer question, we're assured We don't question whether or not Jesus is real. If I can trust the Bible, is this stuff really happening? Am I going to heaven? You receive full assurance of salvation. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you have a growing hunger to get in the word, to get to church, to show up to women's group and study. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, you feel that burn in you, that hunger. In short, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive a more perfect union with our Savior Jesus we sealed with them. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, have we been baptized in it? By the power of the Holy Spirit, you will feel a growing sense of responsibility for the lost. The power to care. You know, it was nothing great about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He who stood against Hitler and preached the gospel as a Lutheran. Nothing great in the man. He had a good intellect. He wasn't morally superior, but he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what happens with people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, historical figures that we can look up to, is that we're not looking up to him. We're looking up to what God can do through a guy like him. We're not looking up to Mother Teresa, a poor woman from Poland. We're looking at what the Holy Ghost can do to a woman who's willing to be baptized in the Spirit to pour her life out for others. To be responsible is not just to have ability, but to have concern. There's a lot of ability in the world, and no one knows what to do with it. But to be truly responsible is to be baptized with concern of the mission of God. Have I been baptized by the Holy Spirit? Do I have a growing sense of responsibility to my fellow man? is the answer. Do I have a more perfect union with Christ, is the answer. And finally, what we see when we are baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit, we see in the book of Acts, they prophesied, Paul went out and healed a bunch of sick people, they preached effectively the gospel of Jesus. In short, when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, we have a new level of effectiveness. What God intends is great power, miracles on His terms. And He will not entrust the levels of grace and sheer authority to people who are going to do it their way, but only to people who would do it His way. How many ways are there to salvation? There is one God and one mediator between mankind and God, the man Jesus Christ. How many powers are there by which the mission of God shall be carried out? One. God will invest mightily with great effects in those who ask, but those who are willing to do it his way to receive Jesus Christ as Savior, to live for His glory alone, to magnify Christ alone and not ourselves, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit's baptism, the power by which Christ can be best exalted. In today's Scripture, as we prepare to head back out into the cold, I challenge us all, the Bible challenges us all to ask the question, have I been baptized in the Holy Ghost? For St. Paul walks among us now by the power of the Spirit through the book of Acts. And he asks the modern church, I know you believe in Jesus. I know you know that you're a sinner. But have you moved from inclusion to contribution? Have you moved from inclusion to investment to being sent as grace to this dying world? For he did not call a bunch of people to board the ark and not look back. But to find their seat To put up their baggage, to save their spot, and then to run back out in the world so more people could board. In the words of Jesus, you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Samaria, Samarita, and the rest of the world. Let us pray. Lord God, by your spirit, may you compel our hearts to ask these big questions to seek what you're willing to give, and to see, Father, that you intend for all believers to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be contributors in the mission of God. Lord, may we not be afraid to ask deep questions. May we not be swayed by the conditions of this nation that we love, but focus in and say, where am I in my walk with Christ? In his name we pray, amen.